in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, is it breaking news that the January 6th committee, January 6th of what year, by the way? It's uh, 2022. What January 6th? What? I guess it was, la- yeah, last year, a year and a half ago. I saw a lot of pushing and shoving. I saw some pushing and shoving and a couple of windows broken. They're not talking about what they need to talk about. The hero who was killed that day, Ashley Babbitt. No, we're just going to. Can you imagine having hearings and not talking about the death of an unarmed woman in the middle of it all? The shooting death, unarmed woman, Capitol Hill police. (laughs) They just pretend it didn't happen. And that Michael Byrd is still walking around and Gunnell and they all have guns and they all have attitude. And they are all looking at these Republican lawmakers and they're shading Trump. That, that officer Gunnell, Capitol Hill cop, he wrote a nasty, nasty op-ed in the New York Times saying Donald Trump should not even be let near, shouldn't even be let near the White House, let alone he can't run for the office, can't even be near the White House physically. And these people take it seriously. All right. Liz Cheney, she is the worst. Oh, I just met Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. I've met her before. She is the nicest, most intelligent, bravest lawmaker I think I've ever met. She is fantastic. She just wrote a new book. It's called, um, what is it called? Save America? My American Story. My American Story. Available wherever books are sold. Uh, I think she may be calling into the show in a little while. Now, Liz Cheney is—Lauren Boebert is everything that Liz Cheney wants you to think she is, all right? You know, from the Midwest, uh, strong, uh, gun-owning, you know, all that stuff. Proud woman. No, no, no. She's a swamp creature, Liz Cheney. And here she goes again, exaggerating and hyping January 6th. Go ahead. Approach this committee. Initially, their strategy in some cases appeared to be to deny and delay— Today, there appears to be a general recognition that the committee has established key facts, including that virtually everyone close to President Trump, his Justice Department officials, his White House advisors, his White House counsel, his campaign, all told him the 2020 election was not stolen. This appears to have changed the strategy for defending Donald Trump. All right, hold on a second. All those people... They don't even know. They don't know. It wasn't up to them. It wasn't up to Bill Barr. It wasn't up to Jared Kushner. It wasn't up to Ivanka. Does she have any uh, expertise in Pennsylvania throwing out all the rules, all the laws that governed elections because of COVID? No, she couldn't explain that to you. She wasn't focused on that stuff. Wow, that's kind of revealing right there. All the people that she just mentioned, they have no clue. None of the people she mentioned are mentioned in the Constitution. It's the president of the United States. Forget the staff. Forget the DOJ. It's the president. What he thinks, what he says, that's valid. And if he had concerns, very valid concerns, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there was a mechanism which to voice those concerns and push back and demand accountability. This Liz Cheney, just like her father, skirting the Constitution, undermining American values, screwing it up, invading the wrong country, 
enhanced interrogation. Remember all of that nonsense? And making $100 million for themselves. And here she is taking up our time. I am curious, though. One more time. Go ahead. To disregard that information and reach the opposite conclusion. And Donald Trump cannot escape responsibility by being willfully blind. Nor can any argument of any kind excuse President Trump's behavior during the violent attack on January 6th. What did they do? As you watch our hearing today, I would urge you to keep your eye on two specific points. First, you will see evidence that Trump's legal team, led by Rudy Giuliani, knew that they lacked actual evidence of widespread fraud sufficient to prove that the election was actually stolen. They knew it, but they went ahead with January 6th anyway. They wanted to find the evidence, all right? You know, you have a suspicion that a crime was committed, right? And then you go out and find the evidence. And everybody was pushing back against Rudy Giuliani. Everybody. Mainstream media, the same institutions that kept the Russia hoax going, the phony impeachment going, the Ukraine phone call thing, all that stuff. This is what he was up against. God bless Rudy Giuliani. Man, oh man, oh man, the more Liz talks, the more, the deeper the hole she's digging herself as far as history goes. She will be in the dustbin of history. She's going to be toast, just like her old man. Live it up while you can. How many millions do they have in the bank? I think they've got $200 million. That's how much they got. Ripping us off. Phony Halliburton contracts. You know, she went to McLean High School. That's like Swamp Central. McLean High School. That's the home of the CIA. McLean. Now, who's this? Who's Congresswoman Murphy? Who the hell is that? Who is this person? She's on all the networks right now. Right now. Who is she? Turn it up. And by some of his closest advisors that the evidence did not support this assertion. This was the big lie. And millions of Americans were deceived by it. Too many of our fellow citizens still believe it to this day. It's corrosive to our country and damaging to our democracy. Oh, shut up. As our community shut has up shown- about the democracy. Shut up about undermining democracy. You say it over and over and over again. What they're trying to do, none of this, what undermines democracy is what they're doing right now. This sham trial, show trial, right out of Soviet Stalin-esque playbook. Joe Stalin, where the verdict, the evidence was all prearranged, the testimony all prearranged, no cross-examination. This is not American. This, right now, Congresswoman Murphy This is anti-democratic, what you're doing, what you're doing. You know what they are doing, by the way? Uh, I think they're subverting all kinds of election laws. They're trying to shape the 2024 Republican presidential field. They think by doing this, they will make the, uh, the person they're most afraid of, Donald Trump, somehow unviable. That's what's going on, okay? They want to take him out. And how do they do that? By creating doubt with you. All right. The Trump supporter. Well, maybe he's not worth all this trouble. Maybe he should just go away. Why? Because these corrupt idiots say so. You think they're going to give DeSantis? They're going to treat DeSantis like a human being? I already heard the Morning Joe crew saying he's a fascist. You cannot give in. And, you know, I heard Lauren Boebert. She said, you know, we have to save America. Save America. And when I, when I hear that, you know, I think I heard it 
when I was two years old. I think Richard Nixon said it. I think it's just it's it's a it's a almost a cliche political slogan. We got to save America. Until now, America is truly at risk. We could lose it all. Drag queen story hour. Think something's okay with that? You think they cancel people who come out against drag queen story hour? People are afraid to come out against transgender nut jobs going into the classroom and hanging around with our kids. And we're afraid to say something about that? Yeah, we got to save America. We got to go back. And by the way, I think liberals, I think Democrats, actually, they're kind of freaked out by this stuff as well. They really are. Everybody knows what's happening is insane. It's cancel culture. Hey, the Guggenheim Museum, ever go there? I've always wanted to take a skateboard and go to the top of it and ride the whole thing. It's like a little, what do you call that? A little curly cue. It's a really cool building. It's been around since the 1950s. I see they just got rid of the guy in charge, the top curator, Mr. Armstrong, 73 years old, seems to know art cold, but he's got a big, big problem. A couple of them, actually. He's a man. He's white. And he's 73. Talk about something the woke left has no interest in, right? I mean, they've already had it up to here with Biden. You know, (laughs) I don't like Joe Biden. Uh, That's one of the reasons why the woke left, they don't like him. They never liked him, all right? What do we need with a white old man? I think that's very disparaging and not nice, by the way, you know, to judge person, people on what they can't control. But that's how they roll. I don't like Joe Biden because he's corrupt and because he's dumb and he always has been. And, oh, by the way, I don't think he legitimately won the election. Oh, my God, don't call the police, please. Please don't turn me in. Oh. Yeah, I don't think he legitimately legitimately won anything. Even that stupid little Senate election. How many people did he get? 29,000 people voted for him in 1972. 29,000 people. And look at what we've got to deal with, huh? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jamie Raskin who really does look like a pornographic actor from some 80s X-rated movie. Turn up the volume, please, for 10 seconds. That they had prepared for President Trump to further his ends. Specifically, they proposed the immediate mass seizure of state election machines by the U.S. military. The meeting ended after midnight with apparent rejection of that idea. In the wee hours of December 19th, dissatisfied with his options, Donald Trump decided to call for a large and wild crowd on Wednesday, January 6th, the day when Congress would meet to certify the electoral votes. Never before in American history had a president called for a crowd to come contest the counting of electoral votes by Congress or engaged in any effort designed to influence, delay, or obstruct the joint session of Congress in doing its work required by our Constitution and the Electoral Count Act. Actually, you did. Jamie Raskin, you objected. You yourself objected. Keep going. Especially the dangerous extremists and the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and other racist and white nationalist groups spoiling for a fight against the government. Hey, shut up about the Proud Boys. Shut up about the Proud Boys. They're not racist. They're not white supremacists. Man, this guy is a liar. All the time. All the time. Danielle Terrio. Everybody should be jumping up and down. They should be having 
congressional hearings about the unfair treatment of Daniel Terrio. I'm sorry, Enrique Terrio. He is the Afro-Cuban um, former chairman of the Proud Boys. He's no white supremacist. None of them are. Gosh, they're liars. Oh, they're bad. What are we going to do? All right, I'm sick of this hearing. No more. Also, no more Joe Biden. You do know that, right? He is going away. Um, they've had it with the gaffes. They could hide this stuff when he was running for president. They can't hide it anymore. And um, that's it. That's it. He um, will be gone by sometime last year. When Arnold Schwarzenegger said he was going to be around forever. Do you remember this? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Talk about over the top. I mean, this is some other era, some other empire he's talking about. It doesn't work that way here, Arnold. Do you remember this? Arnold Schwarzenegger, cut 43. We support it with all our hearts as you seek to bring us together. President-elect Biden, we stand with you today, tomorrow, and forever. Forever. Is he thinking about the thousand-year empire or something like that? Very strange, Arnold. Well, everybody knows that Joe Biden will be stepping down sometime in 2023. It's really going to happen. Um, give me a moment. Lauren Boebert will be calling into the show in a little bit. Awesome congresswoman. Uh, Dr. Biden made an absolute fool out of herself. And this creepy Capitol cop, we got to do something. There's no way he should be walking around with a gun. And members of the military, forget the generals, the rank and file going totally extremist, totally woke, totally left. But if they go left, that's okay. They're actually encouraging it. It's so bad for our country. It's so bad for morale. It's so bad for our warfighting capability. And it's being encouraged. We've got to save America. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Are you on Instagram? They're always sending me little... Uh, is, does this work? I don't think it does. Here are some recommendations from Elon Musk. Well, I'm not sure if we like this guy anymore. When you're angry, go exercise. When you feel envy, focus deeper. What the hell does that mean, focus deeper? Anxiety, be mindful. Irritation, don't react. Tired, go to bed. Uninspired, take a shower. Now, that one might work. Uh, feel doubt, write and reflect. Hmm. Hmm. Will I be a cornball if I say pick up the Bible? Would I be a cornball? I got another little a little tap on the shoulder that told me, oh boy, Greg, you are in touch. You are totally in touch. You're on the right track. I mean, not everything I'm doing is right. Not everything I'm doing is perfect. But God is, and he is. Uh, he wants us. He wants the best for us. I had a little moment with the Bible, and it was like, oh, wow, it happened again. Just a direct shout out, okay? A direct, you know? I just, oh, it's 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 too hard to explain. I'll have to go, but I'm just telling you, you start reading it, miracles start happening. And I do recommend the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible because, because, well, it has those little footnotes in it, and you might need those at first. He's like a little bit of a coach who guides you through the writings, and um, it's so powerful. It's, uh, and everything, everything starts to change. Hey, here's something also. We can't be selfish about it. We got to be out there helping other people. I know it's so easy. It was so easy for me for many years to be like, I'm being all I can be just to get through the day. 
especially when I was flying jets. I am being all I can be just to fly this damn thing. I don't have time for anybody else or anything else. I got a TV show tonight. I got no time for anybody else or anything else. No, 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 no. That's a selfish way to live. And I was doing it for a long time, and I still can do it. You got to slow down. You got to look around. God can do amazing things through each of us. And um, don't think that he's going to take care of everything. He wants us to be part of the whole situation. I know he does. I know it. I know it. And people do say, you know, Greg, you talk a big game about the Bible. I hear you can, you can be pretty vicious with people. Well, that doesn't mean I don't love them. It means I don't like them sometimes, okay? Oh, and I don't like these guys in Brooklyn. They saw a cop get shot, and they thought it was the funniest thing in the world, and they put it on TikTok. Can you believe that? A cop was shot on Saturday, and they see the whole thing. They see a, a cop running, chasing after some guy, and the guy turns, fires a shot at the cop, and the cop gets shot. And these guys think it's hilarious. Cut 47, please. He really shot at the cops. Yo, yo, Oh, damn, man, he got you, bro. Whoa. You see, they're just having a grand old time. Unfortunately, the cop was not seriously injured. I can't say the same for the person who pulled the trigger. The suspect, well, we'll call him the, the criminal, the, the the shooter is dead. I'm sorry, you shoot at a cop. That's uh, going to happen, probably, right? That's... Uh, so I got a picture of this moment where the guy shoots at the cop and the cop, you can see the impact. You can see the moment. And did you hear those guys in the car? They see the whole thing going down. Oh, damn, man. He just shot at the cop. Did you see that little eight-year-old kid hassling the cops? Did you see that? Take a look for it if you don't mind. It's a little kid. He's calling a cop the B word, the C word, challenging him to a fight, trying to grab his gun. Get the hell out of here, you biatches. It's horrible. Now, where would a little eight-year-old cap, cop, little kid think to hate the cops that much? Where would that have come from? Where? Oh, here's this Pat Cipollone guy that they think is the, the, key, the key witness. Pat Cipollone. He's a lawyer. And they're just trying to, God, this is so contrived. This is so one-sided. Where the hell is Jim Jordan? Matt Gates. They would not let them on the committee. They wouldn't let them on the committee. So we have these two little traitors, these two little selfish career politicians, Kinzinger. And, oh, by the way, Kinzinger. Every time I turn on the fake news, Kinzinger is on. Adam Kinzinger. And he really wants his FaceTime now because, well, he's leaving office at the end of the year. He cannot run for reelection. He's done. He's finished. And what happens is he goes on the fake news all the time. And look at how they play up Adam Kinzinger. Uh, listen to this. Cut 52. The January 6th committee preps its final public hearings. Trump's White House counsel testifies behind closed doors. Mr. Cipollini did not contradict the testimony of other witnesses. Republican committee member Adam Kinzinger joins us in a This Week exclusive. Uh, this Week exclusive? Aren't you going to want to stick around for that? Uh, then I showed last night on the show, I have video of him on every single Sunday show for the past two months. Uh, that's what he does. That's what they all live for. And I think one of the reasons why they want to show how influential they are, not to their constituents, 
not to people like me, but to clients, to corporate clients, because 95% of these ex-Congress people go into business, they become lobbyists, okay? And they got to make friends, and they got to keep those friendships, and they got to go along to get along. It's the last thing the guys who wrote the Constitution wanted or were thinking, but... But here we are. And now we have people in uniform. You know, we support our troops. We support uh, police officers. But we don't work for them. They work for us. Okay? They work for us. Thank you for your service. Okay, absolutely. If you want to say, yeah, okay. But they work for us. We are in a situation now. It's very dangerous where these people with guns are acting like they're in charge of all of us. It's dangerous and it's real. When we come back, I'll show you a cop who's been doing it, Gunnell, and this soldier who's totally woke and crazy, totally extremist. But the Pentagon allows it because she's leftist extremist. You get it? Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This January 6th hearing is playing all kinds of uh, repeats from Bill Barr, from Cassidy Hutchinson, finding out all kinds of things about Cassidy. Remember Cassidy? Cassidy was unemployed. She was dissed by the Trump team. They didn't like her for some reason. She really did want a job with them. She couldn't get one. Then she couldn't get one in the private sector. And then she said, you know what? I think I'll, uh, I think I'll get on national television. Okay, I think I'll be embraced by the fake news and... And see what happens. And it's going to work out for her. She'll be on The View. She'll get $60,000 for some crummy book. She'll think she hasn't made, but no. No, this is not life-changing money. This is uh, money that will get you th- by the, for a few months. And then and then reality will sink in. Uh, she'll have no friends. She'll have no future. Uh, no future in television. I guess she'll always have the memories of that one brief shining moment where she was in the spotlight. Cassidy Hutchinson. I found pictures of her, by the way. Uh, nothing in, well, nothing terribly incriminating, but uh, she was this real hound to get on television. She just wanted to be on TV. That was her goal in life, to be on TV. I know some of those folks. Uh, just be on TV. Put me on TV. What are you going to say? Uh, I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, just be, put me on TV. Um, and that's Cassidy. 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 Mark from Staten Island. I like the name Cassidy, though. It's growing on me. Hi, Mark. Hi, Greg. How are you? It's so great to speak to you. Um, I just want to tell you again, because I've spoken to you before, and this is so, so important that you uh, that you definitely uh, run for mayor, that you take control of this city, that you clean up this, this hellhole. And also, more importantly than that, actually, is what happens after that. You have to you have to go further. Uh, mayor is just uh, is just the first step because I know I read about you that you lived at uh, in Binghamton uh, for a period of years and I just want you to let you know that I got like a dozen houses over there that I rent and we could really use your help in Albany to just you know clean up even smaller towns and cities in New York because you know upstate there's a lot of towns that have a lot of potential and uh, you know people like uh, Kathy Hochul and you know all those things. This is just this is just not the way to go. We we you know it's it's it, it's obvious at this point. Uh, we need people like Greg Kelly running and cleaning up this 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 what I don't even know what to call it. I hear you, Mark. And one uh, more th- what 
One more, one more thing, Greg, if you don't mind. What was your call sign when you were flying jets? I feel like this is very important. What, what, what was your call sign? Uh, they called me Bullets. Bullets Kelly. Bullets. Yeah, cool call sign, oh, right? Bullets. Awesome, awesome Bullets. Well, Bullets, you need to get your Bullets into Albany and start start putting those Bullets into action. Because All right. These, this, is, this, this isn't working. Yeah, no, it's not working. All right, Mark, listen, after two successful terms as mayor, I will consider running for governor. Hey, listen, hopefully. Yeah, and, then, and then, and then, and then, no, 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 you don't stop at governor. There's, there's another, uh, it's called a White House. Well, I'll be 80, I'll be, I don't, I'll be Joe Biden's age by that point. Two terms, two terms. I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're 200 years old. All right. Whatever it takes. All right. Hey, Mark, thank, thank you, you so much, man. Thanks. I will, uh. Look, in the meantime, though, we got to help out Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, uh, the Republican nominee for governor. Um, there's no way Kathy Hochul can get this. It's too important. It's too big. And we're too messed up, just like Mark said. You see her? All she knows how to do is grin <laughs> and uh, be nice to far left woke fools like that guy she made lieutenant governor who's now in jail, I think. or No, he's, he's out on bail. She really is beholden to the to the woke mob. She knows nothing about government. She knows nothing about politics. She knows nothing about law enforcement. She must not become the governor. We must help Lee Zeldin, Republican of Long Island, congressman, veteran of Iraq, lawyer, but who cares about any of that stuff? He is a sane person who wants to do the right thing. Kathy Hochul wants to wants to get points from the from the from the New York Times she wants to tackle systemic racism or knock yourself out Kathy we got real problems not imaginary crap uh we have Warren on the phone from Utah Utah hi Warren what's up Utah huh well I just want to say I appreciate you following your gut and telling the truth and calling these people out and just to keep up the good work buddy because you Majority is about a majority of us are out here are agreeing with you. I so appreciate we love it. you. Thank you, Warren, so much. Hey, where in Utah are you? Well, right now I'm driving truck heading north towards Salt Lake. Right now. Wow. Hey, uh, one thing about Utah and the Mormon community is it true? If you want to have a beer, if you want to go drinking in Utah, in Salt Lake City, you have to join a private club. You have to join a club. And, uh, like, every bar is not open to the public. Technically, it's a private club, and you got to, like, join the club. It only costs, like, a dollar to join the club. Isn't that how it works there? Well, I wouldn't know because I've never drank in my life, and uh, I'm actually from Idaho. <laughs> so I don't know the rules here uh, that's, in Idaho. Are you a Mormon yourself? I am not. Pentecost, Tom. I'm right along the lines with you, buddy. Well, hey, I tell you what, uh, you didn't miss anything by not drinking. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I didn't drink <laughs> right. until I was about 40, and then I had the, I thought was the time of my life, but it was the worst time of my life for about six, seven years, and uh, just terrible, terrible, terrible. So I urge no one to touch the stuff. Tell us a little bit about driving a truck. What's that like? I enjoy it because you get to see the country. I couldn't be sitting behind a desk, but uh, I love it. I love seeing this country. But I just work the Northwest. I, I don't ever go east. So that's pretty cool. But, hey, do you uh, guys still have CB radios? They were big for a long time, but you don't hear about them anymore. Is that still a thing? 
It is, but I don't have one because I don't like all the garbage on it. <laughs> what do you mean? They just gossip and stuff? What do they do? Well, people get mad at each other and screaming at each other, and and I just I don't bother with it. I just listen to listen to the radio. I miss Rush. I tell you. Yeah. And uh, you're you're my favorite after Rush. I tell you. Well, that's so kind of you. Hey, you know I'm uh, I'm good friends, and uh, I work with uh, David Limbaugh. His his brother, and he's a great uh-huh. man, and I just feel a special right. kind of connection to Rush in a way. I met Rush twice. He is, uh, was an amazing man, and uh, he, he, he changed he this was. country in so many ways. Hey, Warren, drive safe. Keep in touch. I really appreciate it, okay? Okay, appreciate you, buddy. Keep up the good work. Thanks, pal. You too. Um, hey, here's that cop I was telling you about, Officer Gunnell. Now imagine this guy is still a Capitol Hill police officer walking around with a gun, and he's going to these hearings. He's going to these January 6th hearings, okay? And this is how he feels about people he disagrees with politically. Cut 50. You got people right now in front of the Justice Department asking to release some of the very same people to be released, even though we are testifying about the trauma and the agony and everything that happened to us. It's pathetic, and they shouldn't be elected officials anymore. They shouldn't be elected officials anymore. This is a security guard on Capitol Hill, essentially. All right? This is more a security job than law enforcement. All right? He's a security guard. Nothing wrong with being a security guard. But there he is, Malvinoff, saying that members of Congress should not be members of Congress. We have gone totally insane. And now he's going to the January 6th hearings, sitting in the front row. I read a big article by him yesterday in the New York Times. He says he's too sick. He's in chronic pain all the time. Well, he's able to sit down pretty well. Why don't they give him desk duty? Uh, From what I can tell, he's not working. He's on medical leave. But you know what you get when you're on medical leave? A paycheck. Officer Gunnell. And here's someone else. This is the, the Army law enforcement the left, they're trying to take over those institutions. These were the holdouts. You know, the left, they've taken over academia. They've taken over the medical community, the scientific community, law enforcement, and the military. They were the holdouts, the redoubts, if you will, uh, for you know, apolitical. They were mostly apolitical until now. This is a U.S. Army soldier on active duty. She picks up her phone. She's not happy with the Roe v. Wade decision. It seems like she's not happy being an American. This is a soldier who is armed, lecturing all of us. Now, she should be drummed out of the military for this kind of crap. You really can't be engaging in partisan politics while you're in uniform. And that's what she's doing. Pretty soon, they're going to bring her to Capitol Hill. She'll sit in front of Kirsten Gillibrand, and they'll call her a hero. Uh, I call her a malcontent who needs to be drummed out of military service. What do you say, soldier? Cut 51. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the Constitution and a country that treats its women like second-class citizens? How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that with pride? How am I supposed to do that with love and honor? How am I supposed to wake up every day and put on a freaking uniform that says United States Army when the United States doesn't even give a rat's ass about me? It gives more of a rat's ass. 
about the guns they're allowed to buy that kill the children that I'm forced to give birth to. Think about that. Uh, I think that you should not be serving anymore, okay, with this kind of attitude. By the way, whoever is her company sergeant or whatever, they're not working this person hard enough. If she can sit there in her bunk bed railing about decisions back home, okay? And, um, you know, there is such a thing called birth control, right? It's not 1973. Women, men, we're all a little bit better, a little bit more um, savvy when it comes to these matters, aren't we? Um, But that will be tolerated. Not only will it be tolerated, it will be encouraged, that kind of attitude. Why? Because she leans left. That's the key. The so-called right-wing extremists, of which there are essentially none, none. It's a, it's a, it's the biggest fraud in the world. Are these guys done yet? All right, turn it up one more time. There is nobody in there from the White House. Mark's gone. What's going on right now? I opened the door and I walked in. I saw General Flynn. I saw Sidney Powell sitting there. I was not happy to see the people. In the Oval Office. Well, again, I, I don't think they were providing. Well, first of all, the overstock person, I, I've never known who this guy was. Actually, the first thing I did, I walked in, I looked at him, and I said, Who are you? And he told me, I don't think, I don't think any of these people were providing the president with good advice. And so I, I, I didn't understand how they had gotten in. In the short period of time that you had with the president, did uh, uh, he seem receptive to the presentation that you were making? He was very interested in hearing particularly about the FISA finding and the terms of 13848 that apparently nobody else had bothered to inform him of. I was asking, I'd like you to claim that the Democrats were working with Hugo Chavez, Venezuelans, and whomever else. And at one point, uh, General Flynn took out a diagram that supposedly showed IP addresses all over the world and IP, who, was, who was communicating with whom via the machines and some comment about like Nest thermostats being hooked up to the internet. So it's been reported that during this meeting, Ms. Powell talked about Dominion voting machines and made various election fraud claims that involve foreign countries such as Venezuela, Iran, and China. Is that accurate? Was the meeting tense? Oh, yeah. Uh, It was not a casual meeting. You're fighting for the presidency, for God's sake. They're stealing it from you. And every government lawyer, every lazy bureaucrat wants to call it a day and get in with the next team. God bless President Trump for not caving in. Wow. The more I hear of this crap, the more fired up and the more anxious I get. What do I do? Is running for mayor enough? I don't know. Chris and Amagan said hello. Hi, Craig. I was just wondering, maybe you could uh, help campaign manager for uh, for Lee Zeldin. I mean, I just hope he has the right people. I don't know about that. I can't be his campaign manager. What are you talking about? I can't do that. I don't know. They got guys who do that stuff full time. I don't do that. I'm willing to have him on the show. In fact, we're trying to get him on the show anytime he wants to come. He's invited. 
Um, you know, these guys, I don't know, they win the primary and then they do. I haven't seen too many Lee Zeldin commercials lately. Maybe they're saving their money. I don't know what's going on. But no, I don't do that kind of stuff. Anything else, Chris? No, that's about it. I'm uh, just praying that he's going to be the governor. And I'm worried and anxious like you. Yeah, yeah. And especially when you look at this and the fact that. You know, part of it is everybody's stoned. Nobody cares anymore. They want you stoned. They want you watching Netflix. They want you uh, spaced out on your phone. That's, they want you uh, drinking, too. You know, my uh, my beer consumption has gone up uh, over the last 18 months, you know. I did. I drank a lot less during the Trump administration, I can tell you that. All right. Well, yeah. wait a second. Let's just – it's just you and me here. Hold on a second. You can't blame your drinking issues you specifically, you, Chris, and Emma Gansett, you can't blame Kathy Hochul or Biden for your drinking. I mean, I can, in the totality, millions of people, I think the policies do it. But Chris, do you have a problem with beer? I don't think so, thank God, no. You no. don't think so? You sound a little bit on yeah. the fence. Uh. Well, you know, I don't know. When when the, when I go to the doctor and fill out the form and they say, how much alcohol do you consume? like, uh between one and seven beers a day, you know? Uh, the, the night that I drink seven beers, I'm probably not going to have a beer the next day. So. Oh, you're right. All right, look. I used to be one of those guys. You'll feel better in every every part of your life will improve if you knock that trust, out. Trust me, Greg, when, when I say I'm going to get my drink on, I remember the day I heard you say, yep, I remember when I got my drink on, and uh, it didn't work out. That's yeah, good. well, I know it's a corn, I, it's a corny, dopey slang. I don't like it. I don't. I know. <laughs> so don't do it. I mean, would you think about stopping? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you don't sound too fired up about it. I don't know. I mean, look, just take it from me, man. I used to do it. There's nothing beats waking up with the clear head, the energy. You're not on the roller coaster. You don't do things you regret. You don't embarrass yourself. You're sharper in every every way. I actually went to that a meeting true. or two in uh, Amagansett. Uh, very nice. I remember it was in that old church in the basement of it. And um, oh yeah, it's I, beautiful I, out here. Yeah, there's a. There, you may want to try a meeting or two. They're, they're very helpful and they're great people, and I thank them all. I do. All right, I gotta go. Bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you are a Democrat in power, say you're Nancy Pelosi, say you're Chuck Schumer, say you are any of those crazies on the left, and you have convinced yourself somehow that Donald Trump is, what do they like to say, an existential threat to the country, to the national security of America. And they were saying that in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. What would you do about it in 2020? What would you do if you really thought that he was an existential threat, if he was going to blow up America, what would you do to stop it? Would you just sit back and say, "Oh, let's have let's vote on Tuesday. Let's see let's see if we can get our let's see if we can turn out the vote to defeat the existential threat." No, I don't think so. I I I I can't see them just lying back and just saying, "Okay, let's try really hard." No, I think they would do all kinds of things, like hype the hell out of COVID, like exploit it. Like change all the rules around and use it as an excuse, don't you? Right, to throw all the laws and rules out the book, and pull off whatever the hell it is they pulled off. That sounds very, very plausible, doesn't it? I mean, after all, how could you let a? They called him a Nazi. How could you let a Nazi run this country? 
If I convince myself, if I let them convince me that Donald Trump was all the things they said he was, that he was a monster, that he was a racist, that he was a white supremacist, that he was a Russian agent, I don't know. All that stuff is false, by the way. Total lies. But if they got me to believe it, hmm, maybe I would uh, think about, so how do these voting machines really work? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's see. Uh, What can we do here? I mean, we got to stop this existential national security threat, don't we? Right? We can't have a Nazi here. The people might make a dumb decision. Oh, you bet. They just didn't say, oh, let's let the man with the most votes win. And now they're gloating. They're gloating about it. This January 6th thing is, there's Jamie Raskin again. I want to hear this little worm one more time. Go ahead. To make special counsel was ultimately sanctioned by a federal court and sued by Dominion Voting Systems for defamation. In her own defense to that lawsuit, Sidney Powell argued that, quote, no reasonable person would conclude that the statements were truly statements of fact. Not long after Sidney Powell, General Flynn, and Rudy Giuliani Giuliani left the White House in the early hours of the morning, President Trump turned away from both his outside advisors' most outlandish and unworkable schemes and his White House counsel's advice to swallow hard and accept the reality of his loss. Instead, Donald Trump issued a tweet that would galvanize his followers, unleash a political firestorm, and change the course of our history as a country. Trump's purpose was to mobilize a crowd. And how do you mobilize a crowd in 2020? With millions of followers on Twitter, President Trump knew exactly how to do it. At 1.42 a.m. on December 19, 2020, shortly after the last participants left oh, the unhinged it's meeting, the wild Trump tweet. sent out the tweet with his explosive invitation. Trump repeated his big lie and claimed it was, quote, statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election before calling for a big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild. Trump supporters responded immediately. How, what do you Women mean immediately? Women for America First, a pro-Trump organizing group, had previously applied for a rally permit for January All right, 22nd stop. and 23rd. Yeah, I, you can't use the word wild. Wild is code for insurrection. Wild is code for take over the Capitol. No, it's not. There's something else going on here, folks. False flag. You, you, uh, basically, they framed Trump supporters. They allowed this riot... They made it happen. The The word wild didn't make it happen. Cops letting people into the Capitol made it happen. A deliberate decision to put three cops outside the Capitol building behind that flimsy bicycle rack that everybody could walk by in about... Remember? They did not have adequate security on purpose. Their goal was to delegitimize our entire movement. It ain't going to work. It's not working. We know the truth. You guys one day will be exposed. You already are exposed. But history, history will have the whole complete story. And you can't cancel Trump. I know you're trying, but it's not working. I'll be right back. 
traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, welcome back. All right. Hey, boy, they don't really have anything. Now they're going after Donald Trump. Remember when he said, you know, the Proud Boys, they should stand back and stand by as if that was the worst thing that ever happened. It was a totally you know what happened? I think that was when Wallace and Biden were doing that tag team and they urged him to condemn white supremacy. Do it now. Do it now. I'll condemn whatever you want. What do you want? Say it. Say a name. Proud Boys. President Trump, absolutely brilliant in the recall of this man, because I think in that instance, when he heard Proud Boys, something went off in his head. Proud Boys aren't white supremacists. Those are good guys. They are good guys. They provide security for people like Ann Coulter. What do they say? They're they're patriot. They're, it's a drinking club with a patriot problem. That's how they describe themselves. I don't like white. I would not hang out. I would not uh, countenance. I would not have white supremacists on my show. There's not a white supremacist in the mix, in the bunch. That's why I had Enrique Tario on the show. Afro-Cuban man. His mother. I had his mother on the show. She's from Cuba. White supremacist. When's the last time you saw a KKK rally in Havana? All right? It's absurd. The whole thing is absurd. So when he said... You want me to uh, uh, name a group? I'll condemn a group. What What do you want? Uh, proud Boys. Do it now. Proud Boys. Proud Boys. Okay. Uh, and then then it re- he, something clicked. They're not white supremacists, he thought to himself. Proud Boys. Uh, stand back and stand by. He wasn't going to condemn them because they did nothing condemnable. They're fine. They're fine. They're so, gosh, they really are desperate. And now they have a Twitter employee, a former Twitter employee, coming up there and saying, um, and they disguised his voice, a former Twitter employee, that he should have been banned off of Twitter a long time ago. Still going on. Uh, Turn up the volume for a couple of seconds, if you would. Shields, bats, pepper spray, whatever it takes, all of those were used on the 6th. The Post concluded, join your local Proud Boys chapter as well. The Donald.Win featured discussions of the tunnels beneath the Capitol complex, suggestions for targeting members of Congress, and encouragement to attend this once-in-a-lifetime event. While Trump supporters grew more aggressive online, he continued to rile up his base on Twitter. He said there was overwhelming evidence that the election was the biggest scam in our nation's history. As you can see, The president continued to boost the event, tweeting about it more than a dozen times in the lead-up to January the 6th. Mr. Chairman, I reserve. The chair requests that those in the hearing room remain seated until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room. Pursuant to the order of the committee of today, the chair declares the committee in recess 
for a period of approximately 10 minutes. The Capitol Police are going to escort them from the room. You see that? Ooh, we're going to be escorted from the room now. You will all sit in awe as the Capitol Police escort us from the room. Who's escorting them? Is it that big, fat, dumb cop? What's his name? Harry Dunn? Or what about the other one? Gunnell? They've totally politicized that force. Capitol Police Officer Gunnell. We took an oaf. Guy barely speaks English. He's a terrible guy. Should not have a gun. They got to drum him out immediately. He cannot, this could not be allowed to go on. Now, now Fox News is going to tell us how, how disturbing and how interesting it was. Remember? Remember when Brett Baer said, uh, oh, Cassidy Hutchinson was really uh, very, very impressive. Uh, just this is, this is uh, bigger than Watergate. Uh, and Chris Wallace on CNN. Well, you know, I think it was uh, really impressive uh, that Cassidy Hutchinson, I don't know what they're going to say. I mean, she's 26 years old and she's a uh, brunette. And I think Chris Wallace, from what I hear, likes brunettes. So, I mean, what can you say to that? This is a democracy, folks. They think it's not. They think it's about them. They think it's about the swamp. All these cops, all these lawyers, Pat Cipollone. No, it's about you and me and the <laughs> the president of the United States. Actually, it is. It's about you and me and the president of the United States. We're mentioned, we're mentioned in the Constitution Capitol Hill cops are not, okay? White House deputy counsel are not. Uh, Twitter employees are not. He had every right to object to this election. And you know what? He could have been going off of his gut. He could have been going off. He didn't have to. They, they did not have to present him evidence. They didn't. There was plenty of evidence. For any reason whatsoever, the president could say, you know what? I don't buy it. I I just don't buy it. So we are going to object on January 6th, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Now, uh, hey, one other reason why this is ending very badly for both Joe Biden and and, – Kamala. Do you remember Kamala, how abusive she was toward Joe during the debates? Cut 44. So that's where the federal government must step in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because there are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. I supported the ERA from the very beginning when I ran for the ERA from the, that's unforgivable. They still hate Kamala for her attitude that day. And now they're trying to get a promise from her that she will um, not run for president herself. Joe is going to have to resign next year. It's going to happen. It's going to, he's gone. They cannot keep this up. We can all see it. I saw a poll, 94% of Democrats under the age of 30 want Joe gone. 64% of Democrats overall want him gone. His approval rating is at 33%. This is like worse than Jimmy Carter. This is about as bad as it can get for a president. And they're worried that he's going to fall and crack his head open. He could easily trip on a wire. There are wires all over the White House uh, for every event he does. They've got a whole bunch of wires. And it's it's dangerous for a guy uh, that old. It really is. And I would hate... I would hate... For that to happen. I don't want him to crack his head open. Hey, by the way, Lauren Boebert, who will be joining us in a little bit, 
Gosh, she is good. Do you remember? She's the only one still talking about Afghanistan. You know that war we lost less than a year ago? That war we lost less than a year ago, and she had the boldness and the strength of character to stand up to Joe Biden during that joint session of Congress and talk about the 13 caskets. Joe is boasting, you know, I saw those flag draped coffins, and and we don't need more of those flag draped coffins. And she says, yeah, 13 of them, 13 of them. And then he went on to brag about Bo Biden and try to imply that he died in Iraq when he didn't. It's... um, it's as bad as it can get, and we have to save America. I really, really, hey, wait, hold on a second. Tom is in Florida. What do you want to say about the Proud Boys? I want to say about the, they ought to read the breaking article on the Gateway Pundit or Revolver News about the Proud Boys, where the FBI had infiltrated them and sent back his hand, their, the, the agent or whoever sent back to the handler that these guys are doing nothing wrong, they, they're patriotic, and they chose to prosecute him anyway. Gateway Pundit or Revolver.news. All right, now I heard about the infiltration. I heard about the infiltration, which, by the way, is totally legitimate. It is totally legitimate. You can infiltrate these groups. Law enforcement does it. And you can do it whether they're left-leaning or right-leaning or anything like that. Now, and I heard that there was an intel report uh, to that effect. You'll notice that they did not move on the Proud Boys until over a year a year after January 6th. That's how long it took them to pull together this trumped-up BS case. So all we need, we need a judge who believes in the rule of law, who believes in the Constitution, who believes in fairness, and believe it or not, very few of them do. So are you uh, are you with me on that, Tom? It, I don't have a problem, quite frankly, with the FBI. They can infiltrate any group they want. It's... Um, it's been done before, and it should be done. We have to gather intelligence on some of these groups. And look, I can actually – I'll even give the FBI a pass. If they infiltrated the Proud Boys, you know, they might have just belie- believed all the hype that they see in the fake news. Oh, these guys might be must be white supremacists. So they checked them out. And you see what they said there, according to the Gateway Pundit. Now, I haven't seen the actual text of the report, but I totally believe it. And one of the filmmakers even said that these guys, the, the January 6th witness they had, remember the filmmaker from the UK? He wasn't he wasn't documenting white supremacists. You know and I know that they're not white supremacists, and now the FBI knows as well. Hey, are you a proud boy? Not, not at all. But the story was written by, broke by Cara Castanova. Oh, I love Cara. Yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, she's the one that broke the story and, and put it up on the... Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Kara's great. I like her a lot. She's on my show routinely. You make it sound like, I don't know. I mean, she's uh, she's good. Good for her. Fantastic. Yeah, you need to have her on again. Oh, oh, oh do I, Tom? Uh, what other suggestions? <laughs> all right. Give me a you need to. All right. All right. Uh, hey, I'm a well, friend. I'm, I'm a friend. All right. Don't I, boss I'm me around. Friend. I feel like you're bossing me around. That's all right. Where in Florida no, are you? Great. Where in Florida are you? I'm in, I'm in Gainesville. North Central Florida. That's where the University of Florida is, right? Correct. Yeah, retired law enforcement. I've called you before. All right. It's been a while, though, Tom. Thank you very much. Hey, when Uh, President Trump said this to the Proud Boys, it was a big moment for the Proud Boys. And they're actually still trying to make a big deal out of this. Like somehow, you know, President Trump was controlling white supremacy groups. Go ahead. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not 
add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you, you? What are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right-wing problem. His this own is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what oh, his really? it's an FBI. Idea. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then you know what? No, 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 we're done. We're done, sir. Everybody we're done, sir. We're done, sir. What a namby pamby wuss that guy is. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Chris Wallace. Good riddance. He's over there on CNN. Bad guy. Uh, Antifa is just an idea. What? It's just a notion. What about those crazy people who wear black and hold the umbrellas and try to burn down the courthouses? Is that an idea? Is that a notion? No, you nitwits. It's a real thing. It's got command and control. They've got websites. Quite frankly, it's kind of organized like Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda was this kind of loosely formed thing, but it had, it actually had a raison d'etre. All right. It actually had guiding principles for their members and their believers, just like Antifa. It's amazing. Did you hear that? How they ganged up on him when he wanted to talk about Antifa? No, you must talk about white supremacy, which really, quite frankly, doesn't, it's not really a thing. To the extent that it is a thing, we hate it, but it's not really a thing. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, what a circus. I'm looking at CNN and Fox News right now. they got a jam-packed committee hearing room. It looks like they might be talking to two cops next. But here's the ridiculous part. I first noticed this back when Oliver North was testifying, I think in 1980. When was that? 86 or 87? Um, that they have like 50 photographers two feet away from the witnesses and they're all crawling around on the ground and they stay there the entire time taking pictures. Can't they take their picture at the beginning and then go away or maybe put them in a little box or something on the side? Like a little, you know, kind of like a jury box, you know, just a, a pen for them. Why do they get to go wherever they want? It looks like a circus. It's an out-of-control circus. Now, who the hell are these people? Uh, I have no idea. Actually, they're not cops. They look like, uh, oh, I know. These are some good old boys. Uh, these are, are they going to try, these are Oath Keepers or something like that? What's going on here? It looks like one guy's got a face tattoo. As President Trump once said, you know, it's not good when you got a tattoo on the face. It's almost never good. When you got a tattoo on the face, the only exception that I personally know of, uh, let's see, two, that guy in Papillon. Ever see the movie Papillon with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman? The guy gets a great big face tattoo. He's the one who helps get Dustin Hoffman out of jail. And uh, he's a big, tough guy. And Dustin Hoffman's looking at his, staring at him because he's got this big face tattoo. And he goes to him, so you like my tattoo? And Dustin Hoffman's like, oh, uh, yeah, sure, uh, a lot. Yeah, very much. He's all nervous, like, you know, for looking at him. He goes, yeah, well, I did too at the time. I was drunk. <laughs> and the other one who has a uh, face tattoo is Mike Tyson. And we like them. 
All right, now who are these guys? Extremists plotted the Capitol attack. Boy, they have taken a long time, a year and a half, to find these extremists. A year and a half goes by, and now they... You want the extremists? Go, go, go! Look for that army chick I guys I told you about. Here's an extremist. She works over at the Pentagon. She's wearing a uniform. She's got a gun, and it looks like she's about to go rogue. Cut fifty-one, please. This is our United States Army. A soldier looking into her stupid TikTok machine and going viral and getting applauded by Kirsten Gillibrand and uh, Zoe Lofgren and the rest. Cut fifty-one. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the Constitution and a country that treats its women like second-class citizens? How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that with pride? How am I supposed to do that with love and honor? How am I supposed to wake up every day and put on a freaking uniform that says United States Army when the United States doesn't even give a rat's ass about me? It gives more of a rat's ass about the guns they're allowed to buy that kill the children that I'm forced to give birth to. Think about that. That's quite a leap, huh? Uh, guns to buy that kill the children that I am forced, forced to uh to give birth to all right so we're waiting for the january 6th uh meetings uh, hearing to kick off hey wait a second all right i got to take a quick call from dominic in brooklyn yes dominic yeah hi kelly i just wanted to give mr and mrs america my opinion how they stole the election from donald trump they used the ballot boxes you know the old switcheroo they fill the ballots uh with uh biden's uh, votes and uh, they uh, discarded Trump's votes. They stole it easily with using the ballot boxes. All right. Well, mystery opinion. solved. Dominic in Brooklyn, the old switcheroo. We're going to need yeah. a bit more technical and information. They used in all six key states. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Guarantee you. Uh, the six key states. What are those six key? Uh, let me see. I, uh, Arizona, number one. Georgia, number two. Pennsylvania, number three. Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and uh, Nevada. Nevada. There was all kinds of shadiness in Nevada. I don't think you're wrong. Hey, is Congresswoman Boebert on the line? Is she ready to go? All right. All right. Listen, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with Congresswoman Boebert if she's available. All right. Wait. wait, Actually, I'm sorry. They're telling me i got to take Mark from Bayshore very quickly. Hi, Mark. How are you, Bullets? I love that name. It's a good one, right? That name, that name leads me to believe that at some point Joe Biden might have smacked you around. I guess that's not true, though, right? What the hell are you talking about? I'm saying you have to have a tough name for Joe Biden to make up a story that he beat you up. True? All right, hang up on this. Wait, what are you talking about, Mark? Biden didn't beat me up. Why do you, why do we, look, a cool story. Yeah, there is a cool story. I can't go into the whole details, but it involves me saving a woman's life and taking a gun from somebody, giving the gun back, but not before I removed all of the bullets from the gun. And I said, here, keep this. Your brain, okay? You're telling me that you don't wish harm on Biden. That's correct. My question to you is why. Wait, what? Okay? Wait, wait, wait. I would like to hey, around the White House. You would what? 
safety as possible. Wait, okay? All right, Mark, wait a second. You're calling for violence? All right, Mark, I got to hang up on you. I had a feeling about you to begin with. Uh, Mark, that's not right. We don't want to do those things. Uh, yeah, I want Biden to die at a age 110, surrounded by family, uh, you know, in his mansion in Delaware or in jail. I quite frankly don't care. Uh, but I certainly don't wish harm on him. You know, that's what the other side does on Meet the Press this weekend. And one of those jerks, uh, what's his name? Lebovich Lebo- was saying that he's praying and the others are praying that uh, Donald Trump dies. I, could, I was aghast. If anybody said that about the left, about the other side, we're talking heavy duty cancellation. Uh, that woke member of the army, not to be outdone, we've got these woke cops on Capitol Hill who are bothering me big time. Anyway, skip all that for now. When we come back, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, Republican of Colorado, absolute superstar. Her new book, is out today, and uh, we're so thrilled that she's on the show. We'll be right back. Entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, she is an absolute superstar on Capitol Hill and in Colorado. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Uh, She has been there for, I don't think it's been an entire term yet, but my gosh, I really can't remember Washington, D.C. without her. She's made such a difference, in my opinion. And um, her new book, My American Life is available right now wherever books are sold. Uh, Congresswoman Bobert, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing great, Greg. How are you? I'm terrific. I Actually, I'm a little frustrated. I'm watching these uh, January 6th hearings. They're on right now, and I wish, quite frankly, you were on that panel. When you see these things, do you wish you were there? And they, they're just totally wrong in so many ways. Yeah, Greg, well, we saw from the beginning of this unselect committee that it's not a real committee. We, there, there are no members of Congress placed on that committee by the minority leader. In fact, the Republicans that were placed on the committee by Kevin McCarthy were removed by the majority leader, by, by Nancy Pelosi, by the speaker. And this is completely unprecedented. And, of course, you see even their witnesses are there with, with no opposing views. There's no one... Um, in opposition to this unselect committee who is actually coming in and testifying. Typically in a committee hearing, you will have witnesses of opposing viewpoints. So you can get multiple sides of the story. Um, But really, this is just a crappy TV show with crappy ratings. And um, there's, there's, that's really all there is to it. Democrats cannot talk about their policies because their policies are failing Americans every single day. So they have to create another witch hunt to go after, just like they did with Russia, 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 and, uh, and try to fit a narrative around that. You know, um, by the way, when we see this on TV, it looks to us here in New York and around the country that this is all Congress is doing because, uh, well, it's, it's dominating cable news coverage. Please tell us, though, that you and the Republicans and others, more uh, responsible people, 
are doing things to help the country. This is not all that's going on, correct? I hope. Uh, that is correct. Uh, there, there's a lot of legislation that my colleagues and I are working on to actually get the country back in the right direction. I've been down to the southern border three times to see the invasion into our country. Uh, Colorado is now uh, number two in fentanyl overdoses in our country. So this is fentanyl coming from China through our wide open southern border and into our communities, killing our children and our community members. Uh, and so we are taking action against that and, uh, and, and really trying to take back the house. So we have the authority to, to put it into, into action um, rather than just talking about it and exposing what's going on. But there's, I think we've had a lot of successes, even in the minority. Um, I, I was happy to take the lead on, uh, on getting rid of the 1984 Orwellian Ministry of Truth, that Department of Propaganda that was put forth um, by uh, Secretary Mayorkas um, to silence uh, the American people's speech. And as soon as I got aggressive on that, they paused the, the disinformation governance board and they uh, and Nina Jankowitz resigned. So, you know, that's one victory that we could point to where freedom of speech was was saved. But there's a lot more that we are working towards when it comes to our energy. I serve on the Natural Resources Committee and uh, we are pushing to get America energy independent again and certainly energy dominant instead of uh, begging our adversaries for more oil, begging OPEC, we need to rely on the American roughneck. The American roughneck. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I'm looking right now live at Jamie Raskin. He went to Harvard Law School, I believe. Uh, he lives, I think, like uh, five minutes, I think, from the Capitol. He represents the district in Maryland. He's from the swamp. He's of the swamp. He was uh, a state lawmaker for a long time. This guy could not be more opposite from you. You didn't do any of that stuff. And I think you are more in keeping with what our founding fathers had in mind. He did. They did not want a bunch of technocrats in Washington, permanent ruling class, did they? They were thinking, I think, more about people like you. Am I on to something? I think you're on to something there, Craig. Uh, our founding fathers did want citizen legislatures. They wanted people to go um, to our nation's capital, represent their people, and then go back home. Uh, so certainly not to reside in the swamp and stay there forever. This was supposed to be something that uh, members of Congress were there for uh, a short term. I believe what should have been the um, uh, the vision for that, I think George Washington set that example, saying, you know what, I'm only going to take two terms here as a president. And uh, and then he stepped down so someone else could uh, could uh, be elected into that position. But we need more citizen legislatures in Washington, D.C. We need more people who have the experience that a small business owner has, signing the front of a paycheck rather than just always uh, receiving and, and, and knowing what that's like to actually employ people and, uh, and keep retain uh, those employees and, and keep them going and to be a part of your community, to give back to your community, rather than these career politicians like you see, like Joe Biden, who's been there for 50 years. And this is the only thing he's ever done, and he still can't even read a teleprompter correctly. <laughs> well, it's all in your book, My American Life. And I, I just feel like you are what they were talking about you know, you had that thriving business, a, a, a restaurant, a really nitty gritty. The way you told me earlier, the waitresses actually had guns on their; they wore real guns on their on their hip. 
That was That's part right. of the, the draw of the restaurant. Uh, tell us a little bit about, well, actually, if you don't mind, 10 years before you got to the house, what were you doing 10 years? Because you defeated a five-year incumbent, five-term incumbent. So he would have been there 10 years. When you became the next congresswoman from your district, what were you doing 10 years prior? Yeah, I was starting a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. I have four boys uh, who uh, really motivate me to do something about uh, the future of our country. You know, you have these kids and you think you could just stay home and love on them forever, but they actually encourage you to make sure they live a really good life. Uh, so it, it, it pushes your boundaries for sure. But I opened this restaurant in Rifle, Colorado um, called Shooter's Grill. And uh, when we first opened, it was a Western-themed restaurant. I just wanted to... Um, give back to the computer community, be able to employ people. And uh, it, uh, shortly after we opened, there was an altercation where uh, a man lost his life outside of our uh, outside of my restaurant, and it immediately prompted the question to me: How am I going to protect everyone? How am I going to protect myself? So I began to open carry. My waitresses later began to open carry firearms. We had training in the restaurant for our patrons and our servers. Uh, it was great team building, um, but this uh, this became something that uh, people from all over the country would stop in to see the waitresses open carrying firearms in the restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. And, you know, we had some amazing experiences with Shooter's Grill, um, met an, a lot of amazing people. But really, I think this fire for justice and and our republic was was uh, ignited during that time. I wanted the Constitution to be more than just decor on my wall. I wanted to know it and understand it. And when I began to study it, I fell in love with it. And I saw how far politicians had gone from the original vision that our founding fathers had for our country. And uh, I want to do what I can to restore that. Well, I love it. And we know where to go when we're in Rifle, Colorado for uh, great food and interesting uh, decor and all that stuff. Hey, is there anybody on the other side of the aisle? Like, you know, there are tremendous differences. We hear about them all the time. We know there are and there should be. But is there anybody that, you know, you disagree with on the issues that you might be able to work with that you've been working with seeing eye to eye? Is there any hope for that? And by the way, that's not always necessarily a good thing. I, you know, I mean, bipartisanship for the sake of bipartisanship, I'm not necessarily for that. But is there anybody on the other side that you've been able to work with? You know, there's a couple of them that I was looking forward to working with whenever we are in the majority. Um, but some of them are leaving, actually, because they know that they are in tough races. And uh, and so they're leaving. We have Ed Perlmutter from Colorado who's leaving. Um, and he and I have had a lot of conversations this year. Um, but one member, um, unfortunately, they all work for Nancy Pelosi. So working for them right now is impossible because they work for her. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is one member of Congress from Texas, Henry Cuellar. He serves on a, di- uh, on a border district in Texas. And, um, you know, he, he's been the only Democrat that I could find that actually has joy. He's the only happy huh. Democrat that I have found in Washington, D.C. And he's not too terrible on the Second Amendment. But, uh uh, Greg, I am going to have to catch a flight. Back yeah, we're going to let you go. So right sorry. Now. Sorry about that. Everybody can get uh, My American Life. Uh, Congresswoman Boebert, good luck. Safe travels. We're so glad you're there. Thanks so much. Take care. You're great. Thanks so much. Bye. Yeah, I, uh, I, she is at the airport right now, about to get on the shuttle. And uh, that's good. Uh, the shuttle. We don't even call it the shuttle anymore. You ever notice that? We got the flights to... Uh, to Washington, D.C. from from LaGuardia, and we don't call it the shuttle. Whatever happened to the shuttle? There was the Trump shuttle. There was the Delta shuttle. They don't call it the shuttle anymore. So I just downloaded her book, 
My American Life. You know, she's in her mid-30s, and I think there's a damn good chance she's going to be president of the United States someday. I really do. And um, that was kind of cool. That's kind of cool, speaking to a conceivably a future president of the United States. She's right. That's what it's about. Not these phonies who, you know, have created these jobs that they can't explain to a a 10-year-old. You should be able to explain any job you have in government to a 10-year-old, I think. If you can't explain it to a 10-year-old, it's probably not in the Constitution. How do we feel about that as as some sort of test for whether or not we should have uh, a bureaucracy or a regulation? Hey, do me a favor. Turn on the volume one more time on the uh, on the hearings over there, okay? Giving me a call regarding this January 6th event. Things have gotten crazy, and I desperately need some direction. Please. According to phone records obtained by the committee, Ms. Pearson received a phone call from Mr. Meadows eight minutes later. Here's what Ms. Pearson said about that conversation. So what specifically did you tell him, though, about other, other events? Just that there were a bunch of entities coming in. Um, some were very suspect, but they're going to be on other, on other stages, um, some on other days. A very, very brief overview um, of what was actually happening um, and why I raised the red flags. And when you told him that people were very suspect, what, what did, did you tell him what you meant by that? Or what did you convey to him about what your, um, the problems with these folks? I think I even texted him some of my concerns, um, but I did briefly go over some of the concerns that I had raised to everybody with Alex Jones or Ali Alexander and some of the rhetoric that they were doing. I probably mentioned to him um, that they had already caused trouble at other capitals or, or at the previous event, the previous march that they did for protesting. Um, and I just had a concern about it. Ms. Pearson was especially concerned about Ali Alexander and Alex Jones because in November 2020, both men and some of their supporters had entered the Georgia State Capitol to protest the results of the 2020 election. Oh, give me a Ms. break. Ms. Pearson believed that she mentioned this to Mark Meadows on this January 2nd call. And what's... What? Notably... Stop January- it, stop it, stop it, stop it. She's a political person making observations. Nothing wrong with what Katrina Pearson just said. All right, we have law enforcement to monitor these groups. We have law enforcement to keep order. You know, it's not illegal to be Alex Jones. All right? It's not he can show up wherever he wants if he's obeying the law. Man, this is really dishonest. A big waste of time. Although you just heard from our friend Lauren Bobert that they are doing other things in addition to um this nonsense. And that's good news. Uh Amy and Manalapan, hello. Bullets. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, I, I know so many people, I work in the New York City school system, I know so many people that believe so many lies about Trump. They believe that he is a, you know, a threat to our security, our national security. He would have caused, a, he, he's going to cause a war if he didn't yet. But nobody, like, why aren't the facts talked about more? The fact that, didn't he broker, like, Middle East uh, Peace between two Middle Eastern states for the first time, like ever. I think it was uh, four. Why isn't that like you know blasted into reality so that these lies, these smoke and mirrors that are surrounding everyone who I know is like lost in this fog of believing these things? You know, where are the? Why aren't these? I, I only ever saw that mentioned on Fox a couple of times and then never, never spoken of again. 
Well, you're talking about the Abraham Accords, the Abraham Accords, which were very, very real. New diplomatic relations between, uh, let's see, Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, uh, very significant. And that Jared Kushner, by the way, pulled it off. You may have heard it on Newsmax as well, Amy. But let me ask you something. Your friends, I mean, aren't they disillusioned with Biden, you know, and all this crazy nonsense and the, the drag queens coming in to read books to kids? Aren't they kind of sick of it? Aren't they catching on? Aren't they realizing that they're the ones who've been lied to all this time? They're not. They're not realizing that. And and it's not just it's not just people in the school system that I work with. You know, in New York City, it's out in where I live in in Jersey, seeing my family over the holiday weekend, and they're saying how you know they Florida is such a disaster because of. Um, Ron DeSantis and how horrible he is. Like, what are you talking about? What, where, what are you hearing? What do you, you know, Florida is doing better than any other state I could think of. Or the red, you know, in reality, in, in realistic, the realistic world, Florida, Texas, people are flocking there because there it's so much better there because the they actually do have freedom there. But then you get a commercial from the, the California, whatever his name is come to California for freedom, and, and they just blast that into their heads and they buy it. They well, don't pay enough attention to, to spurt out the details, and I feel like we don't blast the reality enough. I'm blasting my head off. I'm doing everything I can. I don't know. I Look, I, I think your, uh, your friends and those people, they're kind of I'm, – I'm surprised, to be honest, that more people in your circles aren't waking up and realizing that there's truth – <laughs> and there are lies, and they've been fed so many lies. I mean, um, maybe you got to expand and broaden your circle a little bit. Um, uh, look, I'm doing my best. But the, the look, the deck is stacked against us. Mainstream media, if you just go about your life and you don't go – look, you got to go out of your way to look at Newsmax. You do. All right? Um, what channel am I on? I don't even know. 2,000, something like that? It's hard to find, although you can and should find it. Uh, what else? You got to download the app. You got to go out of your way to engage conservative media. But if you're just a person, you know, alive and functioning and you turn on the news, you know, it's anti-Trump, it's anti-DeSantis, it's all January 6th, it's all hype, it's all weird. So not that those people that you're talking to necessarily lean left. They're just surrounded by all this stuff. Does that make sense, Amy? You do have to sometimes make an effort. And, hey, let's face it, you, you just mentioned you turn on Fox. You heard it once on Fox. Fox, most of those guys are, you know, they they don't stand for anything, to be honest. You got Tucker. You got one or two other ones. But the rest just want to be on TV and make money and do whatever Rupert Murdoch has told uh, whoever's running Fox at the moment what to do. All right? They They don't stand for a damn thing for the most part. What? They're palatable for the left-leaning people. Like, I know the people I I am talking about are not going. And and I want to say that these are all, like, morons. But they're not. They're they're people that I want to keep in my life otherwise. And I want to just smack them in the head. Well, don't smack anybody in the head. Just like that weirdo who called earlier. He wanted to blow up buildings. I had a high. Did we we get a number on him? I think we may have to turn him in. Uh, I know you mean that uh, figuratively, not literally. Amy, thank you so much. Good stuff. Keep engaged. Don't, you know, don't uh, don't be a stranger to Newsmax, okay? Okay. No, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to make sure I watch it tonight. All right. I'll see you soon. Thank you. And uh, I'll be right back. 
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, wait a second. I got to hear this Pat Cipollone guy. This is the star witness. What's he saying? Okay. I think I actually told somebody, you know, in the vice president's, just blame me. This, this is, I'm not a politician. You know, I don't, and, but, you know, I just said, I'm a lawyer. This is my legal opinion. I, but let me tell you this. Can I say a word about the vice president? Please. I think the vice president did the right thing. I think he did the courageous thing. I have a great deal of respect for Vice President Pence. I worked with him very closely. I think he understood my opinion. I think he understood my opinion afterwards as well. I think he did a great service to this country. And I think I, I suggested to somebody that he should be given the presidential medal of freedom for his actions. Oh, wow. Earlier this year, a federal district court judge concluded... Stop, 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 stop. Oh, wait a second. I know this guy, Pat Cipollone. He went to Fordham. He was there when I was there. I knew he looked familiar. So let's just see about Pat Cipollone. Hmm. All right. His legal career. Hired as a law clerk for Danny Boggs of the U.S. Court of Appeals. That's a big deal. Served as an assistant to Attorney General Barr. He was a partner at the law firm of Kirkland and Ellis, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he is a swamp guy. He is of the swamp, a professional lawyer in the swamp. All right. And the swamp has decided that Donald Trump is the existential threat, whatever, Nazi this, uh, you know, just the worst thing that ever happened. And um, that's a lie, but it's taken over. And people like Pat Cipollone have to go along with it. And this whole Mike Pence. Oh, Mike Pence. Oh, man. Mike Pence did a great big fake out on us. Look, the important guy you're going to have to listen to is Rudy Giuliani. He was in the middle of all of this. He's coming up in just a couple of minutes on this show. And uh, I'll actually be listening. I don't always get to do that, but I will today because I've got to hear his commentary on everything that just went down. And in the remaining time, Mickey, you've been on hold for a long time. Mickey, yes, hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, what do you think about politicians, whether they're the mayor up to the president, have a mandatory one-year probation period once in office to prove their competency and to prove their ability to improve the quality of life issues for our country? I don't like it. No? No. Why? It's First of all, it's totally uh, – we have an election for that. All right? We have elections. I, I, I just – it's completely unworkable, and I think it's not legal. You'd have, basically, you'd have to have another election. You're saying you have one year later, you have another election? Yeah, we we can't COVID. be, we delegate, we delegate. Now, who would make that decision if not the voters? Who would make that decision? The voters would make the decision. No, that's right. You got to, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Then you'd have to come back and vote, right? No, 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 no. I have two, I don't, I don't want, I don't want more elections. I don't have faith in them as they are. And right now, you know how they'd work it? They'd work it so that the election was as inconvenient as possible for you to actually show up in the polls and all be mail in. It would all be you're just giving them another opportunity to rig it. All right. So, no, I, I think that's it's an interesting idea, but no. Sorry. Have you been working on this baby for a long time? It's just never going to go anywhere. I'm sorry. Well, I was just trying to find a way that we don't get another Biden. Yeah, I, I get you. Well, look, he's going to be gone very, very soon. Very soon. And I don't think we really got him in the first place, if you know what I mean. All right. Mickey, Ed, Jimmy, Paul, Bobby. I'm sorry. I got to go. 
Rudy Giuliani is next. He is literally the man of the hour. They're talking about him all the time at these hearings. And um, very curious to see, hear his reaction. America's Mayor coming up. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 10. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.